We've been teaching about the power to change. Change is usually uncomfortable. Would you agree with me? Change is usually uncomfortable unless you decided to do it. But when change is, even when you make a decision, like I've been telling myself, I need to lose these extra 20 pounds. So well, Pastor, he's doing all right. He's talked about weight because, you know, we go to the restaurant and they just load our plates up. And, and my parents told me, eat everything on your plate. Don't waste it. There's people, people don't have nothing to eat some places. So clean it out. My, my grandfather taught me, take the last piece of biscuit or bread, you go around that plate. Anybody from the South here know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> but it's uncomfortable. Work it out, make it a decision. But change, change is not easy. And here's, here's what I've learned. Change is a process, and that process will take the rest of your life. Change is a process, and it's going to take the rest of your life. You're never going to arrive. We're always changing. So I'm reading today from Romans chapter eight, if you want to follow along, verse 28, very familiar verse. Paul said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30, and those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Verse 31. What shall we say then in response to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things. Let's go back to the Old Testament for a moment, the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter three. Read a couple of verses and then we'll let you be seated. Exodus three thirteen. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they asked me, what is his name? And what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. I want to talk from this thought today. Don't let what you're caught in keep you from what you're called to. Don't let what you're caught in keep you from what you're called to. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Bless his word. You may be seated. Give somebody another hug, high five on the way down. Smile at them, love them. In Exodus chapter three, God and Moses are having a conversation. And honestly, Moses is stuck on his limitations and his insecurities. And God's trying to speak to Moses about his power and his purpose. Here's what I believe. I believe God has called us all. God has called us all. I, I don't believe he has only a select few that are called to do his work in certain times and in special places. He has called us all for his purpose. And I want us to see that you don't have to lead a whole nation out of captivity to be called by God. That's what Moses did. You certainly don't have to be a preacher or, or some billionaire or a singer or to be called by God. In fact, you can be called by God and nobody else really know the calling that he has put on the inside of you. But he knows. He knows. One of the biggest comforts in my life, and I grew up in church. I was baptized when I was nine years old. I really gave my heart to the Lord and obeyed his call when I was 15. And one of the greatest comforts in my life is that God knew all of it when he called me. He knew everything about me. He knows everything about you when he called you. And it's important for you to see that he knows everything that has happened in your life. He knew what would happen in your life. And still, he called you for a purpose. Verse 28 says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to purpose. But you gotta see verse 29. I hope you get past, you know, we like verse 28, right? We say that a lot. But here's what verse 29 says. For those God foreknew, everybody say foreknew. Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God's calling is really about character. God's calling is less about the college you go to or don't or what career choice you make. It's, it's more about who you're gonna be when you get there. God is calling you 
to be conformed. He's calling you to be more like Jesus. So he's calling you to be nice to people. All the Christians said amen. That wasn't very strong. Like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be nice to people or not. Sometimes it's hard to be nice to people. But you gotta be nice. If you're gonna be conformed to be like the image of his son, we gotta be nice. God's calling us to be more kind. He's calling us to apologize when you're wrong. Y'all hear? He's, <laughs> he's calling us to be more generous. Don't let your amens get weak when I talk about that. And he's calling you to be more submitted and surrendered to the moment he has placed you in and not so anxious about the future that we can't control. I'm called to be more like Jesus. So the sequence Paul gives us, we see demonstrated in the life of Moses. Verse 29 tells me God knew you when he called you and he called all of you. He knew you, he called all of you. He called our half-hearted commitment to a fully surrendered savior who would give his life for you on a cross to save you. God knew you, he knew how you think, he knew what you would do, he knew what you would not do, and he called you anyway, according to these verses that I am reading, he foreknew you, and those he foreknew, he predestined, and he created you with what you needed in you before you were ever on this planet. He had your calling already laid out And that just gives me a bit of peace when God puts an opportunity in front of me or when I find myself in the change process and I'm uncomfortable. I have to remember that the change is gonna take the rest of my life, but I am called and those he called, he predestined, so he has to prepare me for my purpose. Yeah, it's like the sprinkle before the rain. People just starting to get it a little bit. God knew you and he called you even when we weren't fully surrendered to him and Jesus died on the cross even though he knew what you and I were gonna do, he did it anyway because your calling is secure and he has a destination and a destiny for you. He has a purpose for you and some of us don't realize it as much as we might need to today while others of us see it so clearly. We are caught in something that is keeping us from our calling, but it doesn't mean we're any less called. So, so here's, what I, here's what I want us to see. God called you to do something. God called you to be something. He called you to a certain position or place in life, whatever that might be. And the first thing we must understand when we come to God is that we can't box God in with our broken understanding of who he is or our limited language. 
That's why when Moses said, when they asked me, who sent me, what do I tell them? And God said, just, I am. I am, what? That, that leaves a lot of room, God. Exactly. Why? Because we are going to need God to be a lot of different things in our life at a lot of different times along this journey of change. Sometimes you might find yourself in a wilderness and you might need water for your soul and he will be what he will be, living water. Sometimes you might need guidance from God and it'll be dark outside. So he'll create a pillar of fire that will, a ball that will guide you. He'll guide your next steps. Now he may not show you the next 10 years of your life. Why? Because you begin to think you don't need him and you'll dismiss his role from your life. And you'll start living by reason rather than by revelation. So God will show you the next step, which is really all we need anyway. There's sometimes you might find yourself in the hot and weary daytime and God will bring a cloud and he'll protect you from the sun that won't harm you. He'll be your protector and he'll go with you in every season of your life. That's why he said, I am. I will be whatever you need me to be whenever you need me to be that because I know you, I've called you, and I predestined you. Now it's under, important we understand God doesn't have many identities. He has only one identity but he has many expressions. So you will never exhaust all of God by your human understanding and your human knowledge. So what we see in God's conversation with Moses is when Moses is called by God, he doesn't immediately agree with what God says about him. It takes time for that to happen. Remember, Change is a process, and the process is going to take your whole life. So let me say it to you this way. Your potential is a mystery. It's not a mystery to God. And to all of us who are watching you, your potential is a mystery. It is a mystery that will be revealed by your maturity. So the more you decide to go forward with what God speaks to you, the more we will begin to see what was there all along in your life. That's why it is so very important that you not limit God by speaking about your potential from the point of your past. Moses was a great man of God. He went on to be a great leader of God's people, but he was also a murderer. Moses had a great passion to lead God's people, but he also had a past. Moses was born a Hebrew, but he was raised as an Egyptian in the house of Pharaoh. He was called to lead people forward, but he was living in Midian in the mistakes of his past. Have you ever been called to something but caught in something else at the same time? Like, I know God's calling me forward. I know God is speaking to me about my future. 
but I'm caught in something. Some of you are saying, I believe all things work together for good. I, I believe all that. I believe God has a purpose for me. I believe. I believe God is great. He can, he can be anything. I'm called, I'm called to this, but I'm caught in that. And you know, sometimes we just don't see what God sees. And what I'm saying to you here today is the potential that is in this room is unlimited. The potential God has placed within every single individual under the sound of my voice, in this room, on a, on a TV program that you're hearing this, on, on a podcast somewhere, if you're live streaming a week from now, a month from now, the, the, the unleashed potential that is within you and some of us limit God because we don't see it. So we try to give God language for what he already foreknew. He created you. He called you and he put it within you and he predestined you. But sometimes we limit him because we get stuck in our past and in our mistakes and in our moments of disbelief and in our moments where the devil lies to us and tries to steal away your purpose. The beautiful thing is God knows exactly what he called you to and he knows exactly what you're caught in. In fact, God knew what you would be caught in when he called you to what he called you to. So all of us here today who have some junk going on in our lives right now, we ought to praise God because he foreknew you, yet he called you anyway. God called you up even though he saw you caught up in the things you're walking through right now. So the truth is you're here today worshiping God because I am forgiven. And that's true. But it is also true that some of you here might be frustrated. Although you're forgiven certain things, you may not be free of those things yet. So I'm, I'm forgiven, but I'm also frustrated. I know God has forgiven me, and he knows I'm forgiven, and he knows what he's called me to, but I'm frustrated because I don't fully know yet what he's called me to. I'm called, but I'm caught. When our pastor, Pastor Nathan and Kendall, let me rewind for a little bit with you. So, 14 years ago or so, Pastor Nate was a sophomore at Blinn College and Pastor Kendall was a freshman and they'd been dating since high school and I couldn't get Pastor Nate to come on this stage with a loaded gun. I couldn't, I couldn't, I never tried that, but it, maybe I should have done that. He's like, now he'd, he'd come on the stage and, and get behind that drum set and beat the heck out of him. But he wouldn't take a microphone. And I called him one day and I said, uh, I want to meet y'all at Cheddar's. I want to have lunch. This, this is Nathan and Kendall. They're dating, you know. 
So, I don't know, you would have been like 19 maybe. Kendall would have been 18, sophomore and freshman in college. We sat down at a booth, we started talking, it didn't take long, I said, you're not doing what you're called to be doing and I'm just wondering when, and I'm looking right at him, I'm wondering when you're going to make the decision to go through the process of change so that you can do what God's put in your heart to do. And he didn't know what was gonna happen because he's sitting next to Kendall who said, oh, I'm gonna go to school and I want my business degree. And he's like, man, you're talking to me right in front of her. I don't wanna lose her. We went through that once <laughs> and that wasn't fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's some more story there you just don't know about. <laughs> that was rough. But here I am, and he starts crying, and then she starts crying, and they're like, well, I don't know, and man, yes. And, and so the, to, to fast forward a few weeks, finally they, they came back to us. He said, I'm, yes, thank you. I, I know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not answering God's call. I know his call is on my life, but I'm caught right now. I'm caught in confusion. I'm caught in decisions. I'm caught in my youth. I'm caught what to do. I don't see it all. I don't Because you're not going to see it all. Last Sunday, I turned 63, right? Right here in, in this room, I turned 63 last Sunday. <laughs> I'm not saying that for you to clap again, although that's pretty good. Keep it up. Keep it, no. I'm saying at 63, I know that and I've been serving the Lord a long time and I've been in ministry over 40 years and I know what it's like to not know what's going to happen in your calling because you don't see it all. That's why we have to lean on him. But the shorter of the story is, Pastor Nate came back and he said, okay, I, I just told him, I said, I think you need to go to Bible school. I, I gave him one request. I said, I'm asked both of you. For sure you, Nathan, I, she's dating you. You're not his wife yet, but, I, but for you, Nate, I'm asking you, give one year of your life to Bible college. Give, you're 19 years old. If you don't do it now, it'll just get harder to do as you get older and more, your life gets more complicated. Give one year of your life to God and go to, go to Bible school. I'll send you wheresoever you want to go. And I was thinking, maybe ORU, that's kind of expensive, but he could go there. Maybe a couple other colleges around here and there. And, and a week or so, maybe two weeks went by, and he said, I made a decision. Okay, I'm going to go to Bible school. I'm going to finish this semester. I'll go to Bible school. But I want to go to Bible school in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't see that coming. I should have clarified a little bit more <laughs> what I was saying. But we had been there several times to Hillsong College and thousand students or more and just a lot going on, a lot of good opportunity. And I said, well, so, so Pastor Nate, is, he's real conservative. He's real conscientious about his money. And he, so he was still living at home. He chose to live at home while he was in college. I mean, why not? He had his own washer and dryer, had a garage to park his vehicle in. I mean, I mowed the lawn. Food in the grocery, you know, in the, in the refrigerator. I'd be, he's like, well, I'll just live at home. I'm like, well, that's pretty smart. So he's living at home. Well, then a couple more weeks went by and they, you know, I was kind of wondering what was going on and they came back and said, well, 
She said, well, well, if he's going to Australia, I'm going too. I'm like, awesome, that's great. And she talked to her parents and I don't know if any of either parents are here today, but you talked to her parents. To, and, and, and so here we are. So, okay, well, they're both gonna go to college. Then another couple of weeks went by and they came back and said, well, if we're both gonna go to Australia and we're both gonna go to college there for Bible school, we've been dating for like four years or more at that point, right? And said, we were gonna get married in a year anyway. So we're gonna go ahead and get married and then go to Bible school in Australia. And so I said, okay. And we planned it. And the time came and they got married and he moved out of a house and was living in Australia in three weeks time. We became empty nesters. Now I could get stuck on that because that was about me. But because I was like, man, I cried. My youngest boy was gone. Jared was already gone. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> when the first one leaves, you're like, oh, I miss him leaving, but man, I still got more. I'm glad he's gone. That lightens the load a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I love my sons. Anyway, the short of it is, Pastor Nate Kendall went to Australia, went to Bible school. During that, the end of that one year at Bible school is when Janet was diagnosed with cancer again. She had been diagnosed 26 years ago and then 13 years back she was diagnosed again. It was, and so they finished that year of school and we decided it might be good for them to come home. So they came home. Our youth pastor at the time, Trey Rose, had just left a few months earlier to go to Austin to start a church. And the opening for youth pastor role was available. We'd been talking about it. He stepped into it and it began to cause a transformation in his life. So the call that was on him was there all along, but even when he couldn't see it, others saw things that sometimes you don't see in your own life. And I'm, I said this a moment ago, God may not be called, you don't have to be a preacher to be called. You can be called to serve in four-year-olds on a Sunday and make a rocking difference in their life because you don't know what the, the home atmosphere they came out of to walk into Skybreak on a Sunday morning and you might be the exact person that can get down there and look at their little face and they know there's genuine love and authenticity there and they don't feel that or maybe no one's ever said to them, I love you. You got... 15-year-old teenagers in our youth on Wednesday nights, and some of them, some dads don't know how to say, I love you. I kiss my sons on the cheek. They'll tell you this. I kiss my sons on the cheek. And just the other day, Chandler, who's my oldest grandson, he'll be 10 in a few weeks, Chandler was standing there, and I said, can I kiss you, Chandler? I was gonna do it anyway. <laughs> but I tried to ask for permission, because, and he kind of looked at me, and I said, I kiss your daddy? Say, Pastor, you shouldn't be kissing him. No, I should be kissing him on the cheek. Like, I love you, Chandler, and I'm kissing you to say, I'm not a, I'm a man, okay? You're a man, you're gonna be a man. You got masculinity in you, but I'm gonna kiss you on the cheek because you need love just like everybody else needs love. And it to be shown to you. And so what I'm, saying in this story is now, here we are fast forward 13 years of an intentional journey. 
13 years of an intentional step-by-step molding and crafting, looking at our two sons. What are you called to do? What has God said about you? What are you caught in that we need to address to get you to your calling, to find the place God has anointed you and has called you? And I'm saying here today, that's the core. That's the message in my spirit for you. Change is not comfortable, and some of you are stuck like Moses was, and you're limiting God because you're like, Moses like, I, 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 don't, I don't talk well. You know, Moses stuttered. He had, a, he had a speech impediment. And sometimes we make excuses instead of making progress. And what I'm saying to you here today, out of the bottom of my heart as, a, as your founding pastor and, and seeing what God's doing through Pastor Nathan and Kendall, you see it evidence. Two weeks ago, 66 people gave their heart to Jesus and one weekend service right here. People made a decision to go from death to life, from hell to heaven. Come on, that ought to make somebody excited because that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for, right? The people that were baptized last weekend, that's what we're here for. Life change is what we're here for. And oftentimes you get stuck and you have tied the hands of God in your own life by saying, well, I don't see it. And God says, you don't have to see it. I foreknew you and I predestined you. So I called you and I have equipped you and you have everything you need already in you. It just may take the process of change. It will take the process of change for you to get to your destination, but it's going to take the rest of your life. My calling changed, but it's far from over. And what God's called you to do, some of you are sitting here a gold mine. All of you have to accept. You say, well, I don't even know Jesus yet, but he foreknew you. Don't you see? Don't you understand? Well, I have a carpentry company. I I build houses. Are you called to do that? If you are, then build the best houses. Well, man, I have a knack for writing stuff. I can write. I'm not talking about posting all the junk on social media. That ain't writing. That's just junk. I'm talking about I can write. Words come. Are you called to do that? I just want to be a mom. Man, just be a mom. God, we need more moms today. Like mothers. Oh, come on, get a better hand for that. (laughs) Someone said, well, I I don't work. I stay at home with the kids. I'm like, oh, honey, no, that's work. So I only got one. One's enough. In fact, sometimes one is worse because you can't tell them, go pray with your brother. You can't tell them that. (laughs) Go play with the stuffed animal. That don't always work. And it's easy to put them in front of a TV instead of being mom. But sometimes you're tired and you're wore out and my heart goes out to you. What I'm trying to say to you is every one of you are called. God put in you what he needs in you. To fulfill what he's called you to. And the devil wants to lie to you and tell you you're not called. 
What he really wants to do is keep you stuck in what you're caught in and cause you to forsake the process of change that develops your potential so that you will miss fulfilling your calling. And then there's some of you that you resist the process. You're like, man, all this is going on in my life. Where's God? And did you know, maybe your decision put you there and God had nothing to do with it, but he foreknew. I said, he foreknew. He knew how dumb most of us were gonna be. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was like a golf clap. It was like, you talk about it, but you don't doubt you. You gotta just be real quiet a minute. Have you ever made a stupid decision? God, I start thinking about it, it makes me sick. Some of the dumb decisions I made in my life. I'm like, and yet God still used me. Why? Because he foreknew you were gonna be stupid. <laughs> he will make a way. God will make a way. Now, y'all still here? Tell turn me off. <laughs> I'll stick with my calling. Here's what I'm saying is, so sometimes, listen to me. God has a predestined path for you, but our choices and decisions often take us off of his predestined path. But God doesn't forsake you. He already foreknew that you were gonna do something like that. As everybody has. So he already made a way. This is what I told you works best, but since you decided this or that, I'm gonna be over there too. You say, you mean God is even in our mistakes? Come on now, where else would he be? You mean God's still with me in my mistakes? In my, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the choices I've made. <laughs> Why did Jesus come back looking for Peter after the crucifixion? When he had denied him three times. Because he foreknew. That's why he told him, hey, Peter, before the rooster gets on the stump tomorrow and starts cock-a-doodle-doo, I'm telling you, you are going to deny me three times, but I'm dying for you anyway. So what I'm saying to some of us is you've been resisting the process. Some of you are stuck. You're in a situation, you're caught. You're, I don't know, it, it might be in your own head, might be in your heart. Don't resist the process of change because if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're gonna keep getting what you already have. Because it's the process of change that develops your character. Say that again. It's the process of change that develops your character. It is the process of change that makes you mature. And you have to be mature enough to grow into your potential to fulfill your calling. You've got to go through the test and be tested before you're ready to step in to the next level of your potential. That's why Romans 8 says, all things work together for good. Those are called 
And God did not spare his own son. And God did not spare his own son, Jesus, from the process that led to his potential. Jesus had to go through the death, burial, and resurrection. He had to die on the cross in order to fulfill his calling. You are predestined, but it's up to you to submit to his process in which he's preparing you for your calling. So don't let what you're caught in keep you from what you're called to. So, so here we are in this moment right now. I'd like for you to get everything out of your hands, please. Take everything out of your hands. Put everything down. Thank you for doing that. And I got a reason for it. Because here's why. Some of you, listen carefully. No moving around, please. Our culture here at, at Skybreak is we, we respect those who are making decisions because everything that's happened up until this point, my hours of preparation to bring you this thought today is for this moment right here. Your being here is for this moment right here. All that we've done today, this is our culture. We're gonna honor and God's gonna speak to me. In fact, God's talking to some people right now in this room. And here's what I'm saying to you. Some of us need to make peace with our past and stop making excuses for it. That doesn't mean make peace with your sin. You confess your sin that you can be healed, but you need to settle once and for all that your past is covered by the blood of Jesus. Salvation is instant, and you need to settle that. When you came to God, he wipes it clean. And if you've never done that, you're gonna have that opportunity in just a moment to start a new life with Jesus. He'll erase your past by the blood that he shed on the cross for you, and you could start brand new here today. Change is a process. Don't forget about the process. Salvation erases everything, but the change is gonna take the rest of your life. And so here's what we're doing right now. I'm gonna ask you to make a bold decision. Some of you feel stuck. You're caught in something, either in your head, in your heart, in a just like God, I feel stuck, but I know you have called me. I know you have called me. Just a, just a piano, please, the organ. I know you've called me. And I'm gonna ask you to do something really courageous because I wanna pray with you and I want you to tell the devil, devil, you've lied to me long enough and here's how we're gonna do it. I am called, I am predestined, I am purposed, I am, I am justified. God knew what was in me when he called me. And so you're gonna tell the devil where to get off and you're gonna invite God where to get on right now here today. Some of you have been serving God a long time, but you've been stuck for years. I'm gonna ask you to do something. We don't have altar benches where we come and kneel, but we have an altar right down here at the front. And if that's you, that's why I ask you to get everything out of your hand. Nobody moving around except the people that I'm about to talk to. And that is this, if that's you and you're like, I'm called and I'm gonna tell the devil, he needs to get off my back. I'm gonna be who God called me to be and I'm going to become who God's called me to become and the change starts now. If that's you, I want you to get up on your feet, walk down here to the front right now, right now. Come on, you're saved, it doesn't matter, unsaved, the change starts now. I'm not going to let the devil lie to me anymore. I'm not going to let the devil cheat. Come on, come up here and talk to the Lord. Come right up here, come up here and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Make room, make room. Come on, church, give him a hand. And if you need to be coming, get up where you are. Get up where you are. Get up where you are. If you're watching right now, Write it in the chat. Talk to somebody. Reach out. We're there. Somebody can talk to you. Come on. Devil's not going to lie to me anymore.
He's not going to lie to me anymore. Come on. He'll make a way. Come on, team. He'll make a way. There's some things I want to share with you. I wrote it down. Did you know God knows things about you that you don't even know about yourself? And you got to go on this journey of change to discover. You know, this, this whole self-discovery idea, people sometimes say that, you know, it's self-help and all that, but it's biblical. It's biblical. Self-awareness, that's, that's two words that have really been in my spirit for months now. Lord, make me self-aware of who I am and where I am. Listen to me. Self-awareness and self-development is really about self-discovery. You're on a journey to discover what God already knows. He created you and he called you. And when he created you, he knew what your calling was going to be and what he was predestining for you to become. So he put in you when he created you what you needed to hear his calling and to fulfill your destiny, to be justified and to be glorified and to become. That's the process. We are being conformed to the image of his son. That's the change process that's gonna happen the rest of your life. But some of us don't see it yet. So here today, what we're saying is, Lord, those of you at the front, I want you to close your eyes with me for a minute. If you're down here praying, I want you, those of you that came forward down the aisles, thank you. Close your eyes. Father, I speak over these people right now, every one of these men and women. Devil, you're a liar and you keep stealing away the call of God off of their life. You keep trying to trip them up. They've been caught in deception or frustration or disappointment or disillusionment. 
or chaos and you think God is not there, but God's developing your maturity, God's developing your character, God's growing you. Sometimes you go through things because you put yourself there, but God says, I'm gonna use it. In all things, they work for good. God says, I'm gonna use it because I'm gonna bring some good out of that. I'm gonna show you something about you. I'm gonna show you something about how you think. I'm gonna show you something about how you make decisions and I'm gonna teach you how to be who I want you to be and who I've created you to be. I put it in you already. You are created, you are called, you are predestined. Now devil, get off my back, get behind me. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I am here to fulfill the destiny for which God has called me. He has created you and he has called you and he has predestined you in Jesus' name. And those of you who've come to the front here, you've made a decision. You've taken a step of faith and the devil's taken note that you crossed the line today. You stepped across the line today and I'm not going back. Devil, you're a liar and I am now walking into my change. God has given me the power to change and to become. So listen, in, in my 63 years, I would have never predicted, I, would, I could not foresee what God foreknew, but he foreknows. And here's another thought for you. Listen to this just for a minute. God told Moses, I am. You ever thought of that from this perspective? God is always being. He is what he is. He'll never change. Same yesterday, today. For God always is being while we're in the process of becoming. So in 44 years of marriage, I have become a better husband. The love that I knew when I was 18 and I asked Janet to marry me and we got married, got married two weeks before my, well, I got married on August the 11th. I turned 19 on the 27th of August. So however many days, 15 days, I was 18 years old. Don't recommend it to everybody, but, but I wouldn't change a thing. But the love, hear me, the love I knew then is nothing compared to the love I know now. But only time and tests and change and maturity and development and becoming. So these young couples, they, they, it's been, <laughs> and I know some of you preparing for your weddings, but. It's the truth. Some of us, we spend thousands of dollars and months and months and months and months and years sometimes and, it, and all for, for seven minutes. And if you have a couple songs, it's 15 minutes. And then when the preacher's up there talking to you, y'all talking and worried about the veil and all this stuff. I'm like, hey, hello, time out. You're about to make, you're about to say, I love you for better, for worse in sickness and in health. Do you know what's gonna happen 15, 20 years into your marriage when she gets cancer and you're gonna take care of her for 26 years? Do you know that's, that things like that happen? Are y'all with me? 
sorry. <laughs> and all of y'all getting married. I'm looking at some. I'm happy for you. I am. I'm just saying it's a process. The love I thought I knew is not the love I have now. And with God, some of you started with God. Man, I'm on fire for God. And that's great. And you should keep that zeal. But you got to remember, sometimes you're going to find yourself caught a trip. You ever seen a runner? Man, they run and run. And then they get their body out ahead of their feet. And you're just waiting for it. Yeah, there it went. Boom, boom, boom. But God will use the tripping. He didn't predestine you to fall or to fail. And you only fail if you quit. I'm still preaching, by the way. Y'all with me? I just wanted a longer time to preach, so I set up this so I could have more time. Because this is more important than anything you're about to go do. I can tell you that right now. Some of you are caught and God's called you. Never head bowed. I want to I want to do one more thing. I want to pray for those that have not made a fresh start. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. So wherever you're at, I want to pray with you right now. And I'm going to ask you to do something. We bow our heads just as a moment of reverence and we're praying for you. Those of us that are believers, we're praying for those of you who are not. Right, be praying right now. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what does that mean, preacher? That means Jesus died for you and every wrong you ever have committed or would commit, every, every sin any human being has ever committed against God, Jesus paid for that. He took the weight of that and with, as a human sacrifice, died in our place so that we can have a relationship with God. And all it takes is for you to believe that. Paul said, if you believe in your heart and not doubt in your mind and confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you and rose again and he's alive forevermore as your savior, if you believe that, you can be saved. And I'm gonna pray a simple prayer for you. And maybe some of you, <laughs> you did that once, but you kind of gotten off track. Today, you're coming home. Every head bowed just for a moment. No moving around. Here's what I ask you to do. If that's you and you want to say, Pastor, I want to start fresh today. I want to make a new start right now. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Church, you're praying, right? Thank you. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Make a new start today. A new start. Come on. Come on. Come on. Raise your hand. All over the building, all down front, everywhere, online, wherever you are, let us know. Somebody's there to pray with you. You can talk to somebody in the room. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. A moment more. Anybody else? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gosh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put those hands down. Let's all pray together. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept you as the Lord and the leader of my life. From this moment forward, help me to honor you and to serve you. And so I thank you for dying for me and saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just clap right where we are? Right where we are, come on. <laughs> come on, everybody. Wow, 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 fantastic. Now, stay right where you're at, because here's what we're gonna do. The ushers, stay right here at the front. We're gonna seal these prayers with communion.
Those of you who just accepted Jesus, we're, the ushers are going to come. Y'all don't worry. Just stay right here. They're going to pass the, the containers around. We're going to get you one of these. And if you've never taken communion, today's your first day. Welcome to the family. <laughs> to say, well what, well, what, for those of us that might not be familiar with church, you might be saying, well, what is communion? In this cup right here is, is juice and a piece of bread. When Jesus was with his disciples the night before he was crucified, he took a cup of juice, of wine, and he passed it to his disciples and he said, drink this. This cup represents the blood I'm about to shed for you. And he took a, the bread and he broke the bread and he, they all ate of the bread and he said, this body represents, or this bread represents my body that is going to be broken for you. Because Jesus was beaten. He was hit with rods and reeds. He was smacked. He was spit on. And then he was nailed to a cross through his hands and his feet, those nails. And he said, all of this, when we, when we do communion, we are saying, Jesus is the way to heaven. He is the son of God. And he died for me on the cross. And I'm partaking with him. Because Paul went on and taught the church, which is us, and said, as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. You show you are a follower of Jesus because we partake of his blood and his body by receiving communion. And let me say this to you. As you're, we're, we're giving a moment for everybody to get one of these. So Janet is not here today, but I'm, I'll go home and give her communion because when you receive communion, there's a couple things that you need to note. One is you receive communion to say, I am sealing my salvation by the grace of God. He paid for my sin and I am saved. Secondly, through the cross and the beating that Jesus took on his back, he said, I took that beating for healing and for miracles in your life. If you need healing, you take communion as a sign of, I am healed by faith in Jesus' name. And Janet is healed in Jesus' name. So you got some battles, some of you got some, but, it, but we take this by faith. Like, Lord, I remember what you did for me and it's not gonna be for naught. You took 39 stripes and in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Amen, amen, amen. If you have one of these, say amen. If you have one of these, say yes. All right. So God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for us and giving your blood and your body for us. And now we partake of this communion in representation of who you are. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Starting now from this day forward, in the name of Jesus, God bless you as you partake of communion wherever you are. Let's do it together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am forgiven, I am healed, I am saved, I am called, I'm predestined, I'm justified, I'm glorified. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we are being conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. The change, the change process is gonna take the rest of your life, but don't stop.